This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. From the corporate office to the cab of a truck, they're here to inspire and empower women in all professions. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. We're a show that works to inspire and empower women in trucking, in the trades, and every profession. We tackle all kinds of topics and work to encourage women to be their very best with informative guests and women who've been champions. I'm Shelley. And I'm Kathy. No topic is taboo on our rig. We tackle the tough topics along with the not-so-tough topics. And we like to feature experts and celebrities who can assist women in being the best they can be. Too many women tell themselves it's too late to achieve their dreams or start another career. That's simply not true. Diane Gilman is over 70 years young and is celebrating her most successful years in fashion. Dubbed the Queen of Jeans, Diane is a teleretailing legend who started her multi-million dollar company at the age of 60. In 2020, Diane sold over $100 million of her DG2 jeans for mature women on television in a year at the age of 74. Diane's blue jean inspirations began early when she painted, embroidered, and bejeweled jeans for rock icons Janis Joplin, Grace Slick, Jim Morrison, and Jimi Hendrix in the 1960s, while she was still a student at UCLA. She never gave up that passion. People may know Diane best for her appearances on Home Shopping Network, which catapulted her career and clothing line into a top teleretailing global brand. She did all of this as she was fighting stage three breast cancer, running between HSN and radiation treatments to market her brand and pursue her dreams. Diane also wrote the book Good Genes, an autobiography and self-help book for women with advice on aging joyfully and productively. Her latest book, Too Young to Be Old, is equally compelling. Diane is an inspiration to all women and a true champion we wanted to feature. We have Diane with us today and we're excited Welcome, Diane. Thank you for being on the show with us. Oh, thank you so much. You know, the subject matter is so near and dear to my heart. I think that even when I was very young and a child, I was thinking, looking at my mom, who was much older than the typical mother. Um, She was 45 when she had me in 1945 and thinking, this aging thing, I... I don't like it. I'm not going to do it that way. I was thinking that even when I was still in my single digits. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you truly are a superwoman that we can all learn from. And we can't wait to hear your story with all of everything you've done and how you fought through everything. You didn't let things push you back. Are you sure Neil Diamond didn't write about you with his song Forever in Blue Jeans? I, I love oh, your that's inspiration. So it's great. That's so funny. I actually wanted, we wanted to title the book um, just that, Forever in Blue Jeans, but uh-huh. he, he that wasn't, it wasn't possible. He didn't want to give up the name. And actually, one of my mm. best friends is his next door neighbor. So I thought maybe she could intervene for me, but it, somehow it didn't work out. But yeah, you know, blue jeans, I mean, to me, were just a symbol of rebellion and independence and creativity in the 60s. Oh, sure. And then mm. to watch my whole generation grow up with me. And when I was about 58 years old, I just took one look at my body and realized I couldn't wear jeans anymore. Middle-aged, pudgy body with fat in all the wrong places. And I thought, someone out there must care about me. I mean, the baby boomer generation is so huge. No one did. I, I took almost a year started when I was 58 and I spent at least part of every weekend going to category killer stores for denim and thinking something's got to fit. But, you know, when you go through middle age, everything about your body shape changes. And (laughs) uh, especially Mm -hmm. for you as a truck driver, that's fair 
tire around the middle. It's you know, awful. Like I awful, turned 54 awful. and everything's like, what are you like? What is this? Ew. Yeah. Yeah. It's like looking <laughs> at a stranger in the mirror and wondering how that stranger got into your house. And so yeah. I never could find clothing that fit my middle-aged pudgy body. And then I thought to myself, you know what? This is so stupid. You've got a sewing room in New York. Make your, Take your body measurements, make your own jean, and you'll have jeans to wear. I didn't want to be wearing like old lady hide me clothing. When I did that, and you'll, you guys will appreciate it, I lived um, on Fifth Avenue in Midtown. I used to walk down 34th Street in Manhattan to get to 7th Avenue, the garment district, the Fashion Avenue. And the first day I wore the jeans, two young guys were in a manhole cover from Con Ed. One of them popped up as I walked by and cupped his hands and screamed out, hey lady, you got it going. And I thought, my God, I'm not invisible anymore. Oh, my God, I feel like me again. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, first of all, it can't just be me that's feeling this way about being middle-aged and having no fashion to wear. And second of all, shouldn't I be sharing this? I and, and not to be totally altruistic, obviously, I saw a real opportunity there. Now, I was in the fashion industry longer than almost anybody in history. I had done well. I had introduced washable silk to America um, around 1990, but I had never had that huge hit you know like that one hit song that immortalizes you and so when I thought about the gene and taking it public I went to a lot of people I knew in the industry obviously or not so obviously for you guys but for us in the industry as female designers the money is all in the hands of men And for a man to understand what a female, a middle-aged female that they were no longer interested in hitting on, what that was to go through that um, change of life, it it just wasn't there. So, you know, I I knocked on a million doors and a million no's or a million go-ways or a million I'm not interested. Ah, but then my network... HSN, QBC HSN now, got a female CEO who had been there for the founding of Polo Ralph Lauren Jeans with Ralph Lauren. I proposed it to her. She saw the point of it instantly. She gave me time on the network. It was incredible. We brought in 5,000 jeans. Uh, We expected that to last for an hour-long show. Uh, They sold out in three minutes. Wow. We had nothing to do. Yeah, we had nothing to do for the rest of the hour. And I remember, too, that I was working on a handicap, like a golf handicap. My hostess for the hour was a plus-size woman who hated jeans and we you know it just makes sense your host wears part of your collection on there as do you that helps sell it she absolutely had a screaming fit and refused to wear the jeans in front of the camera so i went on that i went on air so much strife but the minute I talk to women, the way I sort of internally talk to myself and say, you know, I get it. You're no longer perfect. It's no longer automatic. You know, you have to work at it in middle age and there's lots of changes. The audience responded immediately. And we became the number one fashion. Um, I became the number one fashion personality and company on teleretail for almost a solid 
20 years. That's amazing. I was on air for 30 years. Yeah, it was really what was most amazing along the way. After we got it established in America, I thought to myself, wait a minute. Hormones are universal. And those Mm -hmm. hormonal changes, what makes a woman in the UK or Canada or Australia or Germany or France or Italy any different from us, nothing. So then I went to QVC management and I proposed that they give me a chance in the, in, on their network internationally. And I shot to number one there also. It was just a light bulb moment in my life at about 58 and a half years old that I thought about this gene and then the trajectory of taking it there and the amazing quality of becoming a fashion star when literally 99.9% of all the designers and workmates that I had grown up with had left the industry already because it was such a youth obsessed um, Mm. in its own way, misogynistic for older women industry. Mm. Oh, yeah. You revolutionized fashion for women. This is terrific. And, you know, I was reading, you actually had to do this fighting some adversity. Your family really didn't want you to go into fashion. Oh, that would be an understatement. Yeah, they didn't want me to work. And um, it it was uh, my, I, I do wonder still, what would my life or my career have been like if I had had a supportive family? But um, my parents were, they immigrated uh, before World War II from Russia and Ukraine. It was not a woman's role to work. And that was not going to be accepted. And you only went to college to find a husband that was, you know, I mean, that was your goal in college. Right. Or what they, what become, they call the, what they call the MRS degree, right? Getting married. What is that? Yeah. The MRS yeah. degree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, um, I was one of those, I want to be a wild child in the sixties kind of girl. And, um, I went to UCLA for a few semesters, but at the same time, I got into the periphery of show business and we opened a little store on Fairfax Avenue called I'm a hog for you, baby. We thought that was the first rock and roll song ever recorded. So that's what we named it. We were a collective. We, all the dresses were $10 one day. Um, and we were right across the street from Katz's Delicatessen, which was the ultimate hangout, celeb hangout. One day, a white Rolls pulled up, white Rolls Royce. Out comes Sunny and Cher. Cher doesn't want a pastrami. Sunny does. So she wanders into our little store across the street and literally buys every dress in the store. Wow. Wow. And that was the beginning of becoming an artistic addition to the wardrobes of a lot of musical um, and rock and roll stars. And I met Janis Joplin at her very first audition on the Sunset Strip when they closed down the Whiskey A Go-Go to just have her come on and perform for like 20 record agents. My mm-hmm. boyfriend was a record agent. So I did that for years. Um, I led a very counter to what my parents wanted kind of life. They really disapproved. And I had to make a choice between what I know to this day was my destiny, which was to nurture and forward my talent. Although I never saw when I was younger where that talent was going to lead me, which was to forming a huge sisterhood on, um, that you would call a fan base of about 650,000 women on HSN QVC. But I was also never interested in, you know, 
$50,000 ball gowns or couture. I wanted to, I wanted to create fashion that hit the heart of a mass audience. That was always mm -hmm. my fascination. Sure. And unlike most designers, it, it just took me a lot longer to get there. You know, it was a pretty amazing to be on that trajectory at 59, 60 years old and to actually have my best business year in my history at about 75 years old. Mm -hmm. So um, I was always a little bit out there, a little bit on the fringes, no support from anybody and just had to believe in myself and yeah. my my love of design, my love of my talent was so strong and so pure that I was always pretty sure of myself. Even if other people didn't see it or believe me, I believe myself. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at truckingmovesamerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. We're talking with world-renowned women's fashion designer Diane Gilman. She's a teleretailing legend who sparked a denim revolution for women with DG2 jeans. The queen of jeans, as she was dubbed, inspired and empowered many women worldwide on QVC and the Home Shopping Network. Diane's talking about how she began and the challenges she overcame in the male-dominated fashion designer world. She really is a wealth of inspiration. Diane, you have been an innovator. You bucked the system. You believed in yourself. I love your passion. And you also wanted to create something that made sense for women. I mean, <laughs> frankly, the stuff I have seen on the runways and so forth, it's like, Oh, what? please. The average person, I mean, some of it looks absolutely goofy. I mean, really? It's, it's, <laughs> it is. It's well, you know, we're on a treadmill, ladies. We are not in an innovative period when it comes to fashion. Number one, the woman over 50 is by far the majority of America. We are a graying nation, and yet we're totally ignored by fashion still. Um, what you see on the runways isn't even me meant to make money. It's just meant to give attention. And for the average woman in her everyday life, it what is it going to translate to? One mother of the bride dress, maybe. One prom dress for a grandchild or a daughter yeah. late in life. It's, it's, it's almost meaningless. And if I was going to go into fashion again, my focus would be making clothing not only for women past 50, but also acknowledging um, global warming and uh, pollution and sustainability and try and weave that in. So, you know, that's the one thing I just don't get at all. I, I would love to be buying clothing where if it was a 100-degree day, as it is right now, I just got back from uh, Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, um, and it's so unbelievably hot. Mm -hmm. But I don't have any clothing that says, I can cool you down 15 degrees or in a freezing cold winter day, I can warm you up without a ton of layers. So if I was going to go back into fashion, I would go into uh, weather-related innovation. Sure. That's what I would do. Mm -hmm. And it just isn't there. And 
you know, it really, in a way, just kind of killed me when I decided to step back from live TV at 77 years old and to be on the Internet as an influencer instead because I wanted a wider platform to speak from. Mm -hmm. Um, I look back and I sold my name and I sold my company, which was all wonderful for me to have that affirmation and a little bit of comfort in my dotage. And the first thing they did when they owned the net label and the name was to say, like, we're not we're not interested in this sixty year old customer. We want a thirty year old customer. Everything's changing oh. in this oh. company. Yeah, you can't you you can't make people see the future and that the future is here. You just cannot. Well, so you know wow. it's a, it's an old it's it's such an old um, revolving truth in any kind of arts. It it seems because, like. It, it seems like this that kind of decision is based in misogyny. I mean, women. Somehow, oh, totally. You know, oh, it's totally. You know, yeah. we've had our right to vote for a little over 100 years, but it's like, what do we have to do? I mean, men get a, a belly, too, but it seems like they look in the mirror and go, hey, hey, baby. You know, <laughs> uh, okay. I don't get it. You know it. what? Look at this. 83-year-old Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. Is having a child with a twenty-nine-year-old, right? Yeah, I heard right. That. Yeah, right. And uh-huh. now, if if I went into my eighties and I had a twenty-nine-year-old boyfriend, which would never happen, but if it did, um, what do you think people would say about me? You think they'd, they'd call pat you a me cougar. on the back? You'd have the name of a yeah, cougar. I would have a horrible name. There yep. would be horrible things said about me. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't even nearly be worth it to mm-hmm. even try that. So that misogyny, as a matter of fact, I did sell my company to a male dominated company. And you're absolutely right. No respect for the customer base. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't force people to see the truth and people want you or they want to um, control you or get a, get a grip on you for what you have, not realizing that if they change that, they're going to have bought nothing. Yeah, but exactly. Having having talent, and I will say that knowing people that are on Broadway, knowing people that are in the music industry and actors, talent is such an ephemeral quality that it makes people that invest money very nervous. Because they want something concrete, and I'll use the word concrete um, deliberately, because you know it's like holding a butterfly in your hand. If you hold it too tightly, you smash it and it dies, and if you hold mm-hmm. it too loosely, it flies away. But that is talent is like a beautiful butterfly. So that I spent a tremendous part of my life and my life energy um, defending my talent and making sure that nobody misused it, least of all myself. I think what I love about you, too, is you, in using your talent, you were trying to see how you could benefit others. And in this case, women. Oh, yeah. You know, you saw a need and it's it was a unifying product. I mean, let's face it. Even ah, women, that's a good way to put it. Women, I love that. Well, thank you. Women, even in their twenties, don't look like always like Barbie dolls. I mean, the clothes that are out there. I mean, that's been one of the biggest beefs of women. It's like, come on, I want something that looks great. I look great in, and it's comfortable, and I don't mm-hmm. have to wear this bustier that you know that feels like my great grandmother's corset, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Well, it was, you know, for me, it was more. I had been such a rock and roll girl in my youth, and got into middle age, and I looked. Uh, almost unrecognizable. I mean, I gained a ton of weight. I didn't understand anything about middle age or hormones or going through those changes. And 
then I realized it can't just be me. It's and and that was the real light bulb moment beyond creating a gene that was totally against industry standards for a mature body where we're bigger in the waist and rounder in the tummy and flatter in the derriere. And I could go on and on, but you are, I'm sure, are all living it. Um, the industry wanted no part of it. And even when we were doing $100 million a year at retail and the biggest thrill, perhaps taking it to Europe and all those major European um, countries like Italy and seeing that women immediately, the minute you said to them, I've got a gene dedicated to you and a middle-aged body and nothing to be ashamed of and everything to celebrate. And here's a way to celebrate in style. Mm -hmm. Um, The response was, meteoric just meteoric at one point i was number one for qbc and hsn everywhere in the world that they had a studio that's how universal it was and at the same time i felt for myself oh what a relief to have a gene with tons of stretch and be able to reconnect to my youth and so I always made the the um, network very nervous because I never spoke just like a salesman I always I wore my jeans from the day I created them for over 25 years every single day I was in one of my bottoms and so I had a much more personal approach and at the same time I had a feeling that growing older as a woman, like this was unfair. I I didn't like it. And you're right, men. Okay, so I had a business partner. He weighed about 350 pounds at 5'9". He was one of those guys with a huge beer belly where the belt could only go on underneath the, the belly, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And when I <laughs> said to him, I think I've got the idea of the century, a middle-aged gene to fit women who are so out of industry standard. His remark to me was, who the hell wants to see old fat chicks in tight pants? Oh, my God. Oh, my Uh. God. Oh, my God. Uh. You know what? It was, that was a universal, um, almost universal from male-dominated industry remark. So sexist. So damn sexist. Unbelievable. Yeah, sexist and misogynistic. And I know that, and I remember turning about 50 years old, 52 years old, and thinking, my God, I'm invisible. I could walk in the middle of Park Avenue and a truck would just run over me and nobody would even see me. You go from being a youthful woman to... A kind of, I don't want to look at you. I don't want to pay attention to you. You're over the hill. And I thought, you know, there's got to be a way to change attitude. Yeah, so that was that was the beginning of changing attitudes were my genes. And uh, I built a very, very faithful, loyal audience because... I was doing something good for them. And Mm -hmm. then after doing that for many, many years and going through breast cancer much later in life at 72, 73, 74, I thought, do I want to do this forever? Because I can. Or I was very adventuresome as a youth. Do I want to recapture that sense of adventure and try and take my message of living what I call your third act Mm -hmm. differently, more expansively, with more freedom, with more opportunity, with more passion, with more respect. Uh, And I thought, yeah, I do. So I said goodbye to tele-retail in December. I just strapped on that bungee cord and thought, okay, I'm going to jump off the Empire State Building and 
I'm just going to have faith that I'm going to go into a totally new profession at 77 years old Mm -hmm. and I'm going to figure it out. So here I am. Well, you know, you are so passionate and so innovative and you inspire so many people. I think one of the biggest things you've helped women embrace their persona, who they truly are. I hope so. Really, really at any age. And I think that that's what I'm impressed with your ability to adapt and Uh your courage. I mean, a lot of people going through breast cancer treatments would probably say, oh gosh, I can't work right now, but you just plowed through. You take adversity and you rise above it. You find a way to make lemonade out of lemons. I know that's a bit trite, but you're but able it's so to. true. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it's because you started at an early age where your parents are like, no, you're not going to have a career. And you're like, watch me. You know, I love that in you. I gave a lot up for my career. When other people were out partying, I was working seven days a week. Um, when I became international, the grind of going, I, I literally commuted between Hong Kong and Europe and Canada and Florida, where my studio was in America. If you want to be a success, and there's that old saying, um, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Um, you've got you've got to devote the time to it. You've got to give it your all. And that, yeah. it's interesting watching myself now that I'm becoming a silver-haired influencer and I'm hopefully discovering new great products for women over 50, 55, and um, bringing on being an interesting guest and, and coalescing women to the fact that, no, don't think your worth has dropped because you've aged. In fact, your worth should be elevated, but, but people need encouragement. Yes. Aging women need guidelines and, oh, you can dress this way and, oh, you can use this product. So I thought, okay, so maybe I'm going to fail, but maybe I'm not. And when I um, stepped back in December, it was kind of amazing. I said, okay, universe, give me a sign. I need a sign. Within five weeks, I was offered my own weekly podcast. Within 10 weeks, I was, I had my first product line approach me for hair care for women over 55. And I'm just, I'm in awe of that old saying, close one door and another opens. I wanted more adventure. I wanted more to talk about. I wanted to spread my wings and truly fly in the pro-aging universe and wouldn't you know it i closed that door on teleretailing and a whole new life opened up for me and then i had to form a new llc and i named it my shining future because that's how i feel about it yeah and And that's how i feel about it women at all ages can benefit from your message they really i hope so Mm-hmm. I hope so. Oh, you know, it's, it's a don't give up message. It's yeah. a, it's never too late to dream message. And it's a message that has a one size fits all because whether you, maybe you became a widow and you're okay financially, but you, your time is your problem. Maybe you bake the best chocolate chip cookies for every time there was a church um bake off and maybe you now supply the most fabulous chocolate chip cookies to every great bakery in your town whatever it is you i think life and i feel this way particularly after stage three breast cancer life is such a privilege and i think that so many women are forced into a situation where aging is perceived as a punishment rather than a privilege and a pleasure. And I'm out to change that. Out with hopefully a whole community of other women who feel the same as I do and we're given the God-given gift of communication. 
Oh, I love it. Amen to that. I mean, this is so needed and, and it, it's lacking. And it's almost like women haven't gotten together as a unified force and said, this, this crap's got to stop. Yes. I mean, they talk about yeah. body shaming. Well, it, it's body shaming all the way through. And, and women are conditioned that you have to look a certain way. Otherwise, well, you just don't measure up. Uh, it, it we're conditioned from just little girls looking at commercials and that sort of thing. And it's Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Isn't that the truth? And, you know, I always say this um, because I'm a big consumer of television. Obviously, I was on TV for the bulk of my career for 30 years. And I always say if I was a little kid, let's say I was four or five, and my parents still had cable TV, which I do, what would be my vision as a child of old age? It would be horrible. It would be a bunch of drugs with horrible side effects, but yeah, you look yeah. like you need them all or you're not going to be able to stay alive. And that's what aging is, just being sick with one thing after the next. Mm. I mean, that is, there are other ways to look at this and there are, attitudes you can cultivate but i know that if i had a thousand women in a room and i said okay we're going to take a vote how many of you are looking forward to old age you wouldn't have one woman raise their hand and if i said how many of you are terrified of aging you would have everybody i i just had this conversation yesterday with somebody much younger terrified yeah. of aging, mm -hmm. terrified, that is going to be up to hopefully spokespeople like me to prove that philosophy is wrong, that there are other routes you can take, that this can be one of the best periods of your life. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm passionate about it because I'm living it and I'm actually loving it. So there you go. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, is building a positive image of trucking by telling the story of the hardworking drivers and industry professionals who support the industry. And you can be a part of it. Learn more about TMAF and how you can join and be a part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting TMAF's website at truckingmovesamerica.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our latest channel, TikTok. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. The Queen of Jeans, fashion designer Diane Gilman revolutionized women's fashion, turned sexism on its head, and went on to sell millions of her blue jean inspirations for mature women on television and became the number one teleretailing company for nearly 20 years with the Diane Gilman Collection and DG2 Jeans. Diane is a champion for women and is also a breast cancer survivor. She's just amazing. Her designs began at an early age when she sold bejeweled jeans to stars like Janis Joplin, Grace Slick, Jim Morrison, and Jimi Hendrix in the 1960s. She's now the author of a best-selling book, Too Young to Be Old, 25 Secrets from TV's Blue Jean Queen. Diane, I just love what you're doing. And taking a poll, like you said, uh, a lot of women would not say they're looking forward to it. But I bet oh, you if no. you had a room full of men, they'd say, oh, hell yes. They're not afraid of getting older. But women are conditioned to be terrified, as if our worth lessens somehow with age. We don't get sage and wisdom. Guys do. It's such garbage, you know. You know, <laughs> it's very funny, but, and, and obviously I grew up, on incredible music. So um, it was uh, Keith Richards from the Rolling Stones, who's amazingly now like 82 years old, how mm -hmm. he survived, I'm not sure. Right. But um, <laughs> he, he had a great remark because they asked him about aging. And he said, life's a funny thing. 
Nobody wants to die young, but nobody wants to grow old. And that is the truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to grow old, then do it in a way, in a very conscious way that gives you the best advantages you can have. And I don't look to be, I'm not going to try and fake the world and be 40 again, but I would like people to take a look at me and listen to me and say, you know, 78, 80, that looks pretty good. I'd like, I'd like to be that way when Mm -hmm. I get there and start breaking the, the norm and the mold that you as a female should be ashamed of yourself after a certain age, be angry at yourself for not being what you once were, you know, ladies, part of the problem and is we don't have any role models to follow. Mm -hmm. I mean, only recently in the Oscars, did we get a 64 year old Michelle Yao winning best actress, a 65 year old Jamie Lee Curtis winning best supporting actress. The other who was up for best actress was Angela Bassett at 65. I mean, that that was unheard of a few years ago. Look at Martha Stewart. I share, actually, I share a blow dry guy with her. Um, 81 years old on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yay, Martha, go Martha. So, uh, you know, I leave you with this philosophy, unfortunately, but we are free wielding society and follow the money. Follow the money. If the best-selling issues of Sports Illustrated of all times are Martha Stewart at 81, if you're getting the best movie of the year that made the most money and it's starring two women who are 64 and 65, respectively, you're and, and by the way, Helen Mirren at 77, my age, is was just named most beautiful woman, most beautiful person in the world by People Magazine. So she'll be on the cover for the most beautiful people issue. We're starting, yes, it's shallow, but we're starting to make headway. And once we start to see as females that imagery of what 55, 60, 65, 70, 75, 80 can be, and that Mm -hmm. it can be, good and that it can be attainable um we're in the right place at the right time we're on our way it's going to give all women at any age a whole new perspective of possibilities and i think that that's another message that you carry oh yes you have have passion and you help people when they doubt themselves i think most you know i'm gonna say this Listening to you, you have inspired me to continue on with what I've been meaning to do because I like I'm a heavy equipment operator for the last 10 years and I it's time to to exit that and do something else. And I wanted to start a line of um of kind of like a of work gear, but geared for uh, you know for women. And yeah. I wasn't, I don't, I don't know nothing about business. I don't know nothing about marketing. I don't like, is it even going to sell? But I know that because I built, I, I have, I went on TV for this game show called the uh, let's make a deal in November. Yeah. And I, went yeah. As, I went as designer minor. It's, 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 I'm rebranding myself, right? Cause I'm the only one that has bling in, in mining equipment. So I, I re I redid my hard hat completely bling and i wore that oh on my TV. god and oh my god did that ever was that ever a hit so then i went to um uh i was a speaker at the women in trucking show in dallas in november right like right after uh-huh. on tv and at my hard hat which is all blinged out every woman there was walking by my booth wanting a picture with my hard hat and i'm How like cool. okay I, I got to do something with this yeah but yeah i've been holding myself back because i know nothing about you know, marketing and business. And so I, I was just kind of like, oh, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence. I did go see a lawyer, get a patent going on that. But okay. listening to you, I wanted to thank you with the bottom of my heart because you just gave me that motivation I needed that even at 54, this is, I have this idea, just go for it. 
do it. That's Figure right. it out. Connect with the Figure, right you, you know, and maybe you know? it's maybe it's jeweled hard hats, but maybe it's also jeweled motorcycle. Helmets. Oh yeah, yeah. Just everything, love everything, it. which love like, it. like, I, I, like which the, I would the, love, right? That you know, is so... like like the work gear, like the, the safety vest with yeah, bling, my my yeah. heart, my the helmet, uh, my my headlamps with bling, gloves with my my logo and rhinestones there. You know, like the whole work. So I decided. You I know tell what? When you, I come, yeah, I'm gonna do it. it. Felt like I was at, at around. 50, 50, between 50 and 54, 55, I felt like I was a little stalled. I had introduced washable silk to America around 1990. That's what television wanted me to sell on air. It was mm -hmm. nothing that I would wear, but I was very good at hand painting all the prints. And, and then, you know, this giant idea comes to me, which I, everybody tried to talk me out of, which was a middle-aged gene. So the first thing I would say to you is don't let people talk you out of it. Don't let people tell you mm. it's stupid. And I love nothing better than a niche business. My business was a niche business. Mm -hmm. It focused headlights on a particular age group. Yeah. And... um it didn't take a lot of financial investment to make that first gene and make those first prototypes. But now I'm in social media and YouTube and guess what? I can barely answer an email. I mean, I am the most non-tech person alive, but I felt 30 years on air. I, I gained some mm. communication skills. I've got a passion. I've got an idea. And I think it's going to help people. And I think that yeah. a lot of beauty brands and stuff will come to me to have me represent them. And that'll help me at least just break even. Sure. So don't let not understanding get in the way of a great idea. Don't let, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm crazy. Get in the way. And most importantly of all, don't depend on other people to tell you what a great idea you have because maybe your idea is so unique that very few people have thought of it and they need their brains need a while to percolate yeah, it sure. so that is my advice is depend you. on yourself you know in your heart of hearts that gut instinct that says yeah i've got something here I and pursue it. it yep amen yep Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors, coming up. Kathy DeCaro is nothing short of amazing. She not only drives the world's biggest truck as a heavy equipment operator in northern Alberta, Canada, She's an international motivational speaker and the author of Dream Big, an autobiography about overcoming a lifetime of trauma and abuse that led to dreams of success. Kathy inspires people the world over to change their lives and improve their self-worth. Her book will change your life. She's passionate about personal growth and believes anyone can change their circumstances and overcome their obstacles if they believe in themselves. Her life will amaze you and seriously inspire you. Be sure to order a copy of her book, Dream Big, on Amazon.com. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry, our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking Share images of a moment you're proud of and join us on social media. Learn more at TruckingMovesAmerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. We're talking with world-renowned women's fashion designer, Diane Gilman. She's a teleretailing legend who sparked a denim revolution for women with DG2 jeans. She also introduced washable silk garments to the world in the Diane Gilman collection. Diane's a true champion for women, 
and has been talking about how women can be their own champions and not let loose of their dreams or their goals, no matter what anybody else says. Diane, where do people find you? You've got some great books. I mean, all of this, you're going to inspire so many people. Oh, thank you. The books are on that. The books, first book was Good Genes, as in a play on genes, not genetics. And the second book, Too Young to Be Old, is a chronicle of my life and all the times that I have climbed the Mount Everest of life, mm-hmm. including stage three breast cancer, and actually would never have given up one of those challenges. Um, amazing for me to look back on my life and say, oh my God, I actually survived and I did a pretty good job and I'm still going. And then you can find me on my YouTube channel, the Diane Gilman.com all in small caps, all one word, the Diane Gilman. So I'm on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and I think we're about to be in LinkedIn. So here I am. I'm just telling you, I don't know much about the internet, but I do know about my sisterhood and people. And I am so determined to make this my next Mount Everest to climb. And you will. I have no doubt at all. Thank you so much for being on the show, Diane. You are a super inspiration for women. This is terrific. Thank you. You changed my world today, just so you know. Oh, yay. Yay. I love that. (laughs) Okay. Good karma for me for the day. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is terrific, Diane. Thank you for being on the show. We hope everybody's enjoyed this episode. And if you want to hear more episodes of Women Road Warriors or learn more about our show, be sure to check out womenroadwarriors.com. And please follow us on social media. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at sjohnson at womenroadwarriors.com. 